Persuade Like Peter. Hi, and welcome to the Preaching Points podcast for this week. I'm your host, Brian Hedinga. And in just a moment, Dr. Jeff Arthurs has part two of his three-part series of preaching points about how to persuade like Peter. Now, if you enjoy our weekly podcast, you may be interested in our quarterly audio journal called Pulpit Talk. Each issue discusses various topics which will help you develop preaching excellence. And you can find this resource and more at the Center for Preaching website. Now, with this week's Preaching Points podcast, here's Dr. Jeff Arthurs as he continues to discuss how to persuade like the Apostle Peter by using the logic of the scriptures and one's experience. Jeff? Persuade like Peter. The Sermon on the Day of Pentecost is one of the great examples in history of effective proclamation, heralding of the word. How many were saved that day? About 3,000 souls on the basis of that one sermon and then presumably the, uh, the interpersonal communication that followed up. Well, what did the Holy Spirit use so mightily? Let's take apart Peter's uh, persuasion. I'm not equating the movement of the Spirit with strategy. I'm saying this is what the Spirit used and maybe he can use it uh, for us too. Last time we uh, talked on uh, preaching points, I talked to you about ethos. Remember, that's character, uh, goodwill, good sense, good character. That's the audience's perception of you. And Peter demonstrates that. He cares about them. He knows what he's talking about. He is a dynamic speaker. All right, let's go on beyond ethos to talk about logos. This, as you know, means logic or reasoning or literally the word, meaning the utterance. We might say the content of the sermon. Does Peter use the power of logos? He does. He argues from scripture demonstrating his knowledge of the word of God. Look at verses uh, 17 and following in uh, Acts chapter 2. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He's quoting from Joel, isn't he? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, old men dream dreams, and so forth. So he argues from the accepted, rational basis that his people already granted, namely, allegiance to the scripture, and of course he had an allegiance also. He wasn't a sophist. He wasn't trying to trick people like, oh, let's see, they believe in the Bible, so I guess I'll use the Bible. No, this is his authority, and so he bases his argument from Scripture. Interestingly, though, uh, concerning Logos, he not only argues from Scripture, but also from experience. Not just the long ago and far away, explained and translated for this day, this day of Pentecost, but from their everyday experience. Verse uh, 22 says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. Verse 23, This Jesus delivered up to you. He goes on to argue about the Messiahship of Jesus. He says, Look, you guys know. You saw the miracles, or you at least, at least heard about them. God did these things in your midst. Now, on the basis of that empirical 
evidence, your, namely your experience, what do we conclude about this man, Jesus? So he's arguing from their experience. Verse 29, brothers, I, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. He's drawing on their experience. They knew where the tomb of David was. They knew about David, uh, you know, he died and was buried. They already agreed with this proposition and working from that, he reasons to David's statement in the Psalms that God will raise up his Messiah. He was not talking about himself. He did not foresee his own resurrection, but the resurrection of the Christ. So using their experience, their knowledge of David, his tomb, same kind of reasoning in verse 32. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. We are witnesses. Look around here. Talk to these people on my right and my left. We saw it. We touched them. That which our hands have handled, that which our eyes have seen, this is what we're declaring to you. So Peter taps into logic by arguing from the Holy Scriptures, which they granted authority to. He's demonstrating how it's relevant for his people. And he argues from their experience. John Milton Gregory, who was an educational expert back in the 1800s, said, Knowledge cannot be passed on like a material object. It must be rethought. It must be re-experienced. And so Peter taps into what they already believe and feel and uses that in his persuasion that Jesus is the Messiah. So let us persuade like Peter. Dr. Jeff Arthurs with this week's Preaching Points podcast from the Center for Preaching at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Every week we try to offer brief reflections on preaching that will point you toward preaching excellence. Once again, you can find all sorts of preaching resources at our Center for Preaching website. Go to gordonconwell.edu slash preaching. Well, I'm Brian Hedinga. Thanks for listening to this week's Preaching Points podcast. Next week, part three of how to persuade like Peter.